Welcome to the Becoming Bedrock Podcast. I'm Adrian Del Monte, father, husband, educator, and coach. On this show, we equip fathers with the daily disciplines and the rock-solid mindset to forge a lasting legacy of fitness, family, and faith. Welcome. I'm grateful you're here. Welcome back to Becoming Bedrock. I am here Early in 2024 with Coach Ryan Fanley. Ryan is our head coach at Bedrock. We are grateful that you are here. Today we are talking about burning fat. We want to dive right into it. Ryan, people start talking about the desire to burn fat in January. It's kind of like clockwork. No, I know. Every year, man. It's funny because as a coach, everyone else is like, oh, yeah, do you get some time to like relax around the holidays? I'm like, no, because everyone else is gearing up for their fitness journey. Like, I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me start with the easier question. This Vince says it all the time. Vince, my brother, says summer bodies are made in the winter. Is that true or are summer bodies made year round? Like, how do you how do you address yeah. that? Summer bodies are true. Summer bodies are a lifestyle, right? Yeah. Like anyone that's looking at this as like, I'm going to do this eight week thing or this 12 week thing and then be done. That's not how you get a summer body. You may temporarily get one, but if you want to have one that you can showcase all the time, you know, and I, you know, personally, my personal belief, what I do is I always stay about four weeks out from looking freaking fantastic. You know, I always stay in pretty good shape. I can always see my abs to some degree. And then if I have something, a vacation or something I want to look extra lean for, I'll do a nice little four to six week cut. And I'm there. Boom. I always stay like four to six weeks out. But um, for most people that are that are listening to this, it's like you got to get rid of that mindset of like summer bodies are made at this time, this time, and this time. It's like it's your whole life of eating. Yeah. You know, the average you uh, the average American gains five pounds over the holidays and diets off two the next year. So they, on average, they end up three pounds fatter every year. Well fast forward 10 years and they're going, man, why don't I look like I did when I was younger? I'm 30 pounds heavier than I was. It's like that little statistic. Um, and so that's why we got to be mindful year round. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So what we want to do is help and we're going to race through these. This is a two part uh, series. So this week we're going to talk about the five best ways to burn fat. And then next week we're going to talk about the five best ways to build muscle. And we will explain why those things can't be done simultaneously. A lot of people want to like, well, I want to convert fat to muscle and that can be done, but it takes a systematic approach. And what we have to do first is get lean enough. And so we want to focus on getting lean in this, um, in this, in this, in this particular episode. So Ryan, let's dive in five things. What is number one? Okay. So the first thing is you have to have three for this year, get 365 days per year of eating one gram of protein per pound of desired body weight. So if you are 270 pounds and you want to weigh 200, you need to have 365 days a year of getting 200 grams of protein per day. This is incredibly important because protein is going to help you build and retain lean muscle. Lean muscle is like your engine for calories. The more muscle you have, the more calories you burn just sitting on your butt while you're sleeping. Okay, Adrian, like me uh, weighing 245, doesn't matter what kind of training I do, I'm going to burn more calories than someone that weighs 170 just while I'm sleeping. Okay, therefore I can eat more food. So protein is critically important. The next thing it does, protein is a food that creates a lot of satiety. So you, it fills you up. When you eat enough protein, 
you have less less of a desire for cravings. And cravings is probably the biggest thing that kills people uh, in their fitness journey, especially when their goal is to lose body fat. People will slash calories, um, which you have to be in a deficit to lose fat, but then they get so hungry and you can't avoid foods completely. I mean, you go in the office there, someone brought in donuts that day, or your grandmother baked cookies for you, or, you know, there's a million reasons why delicious foods are going to be around us. And so having the ability to moderate those foods because you're not so freaking starving is a huge critical component and getting enough protein is how you do that. Okay. So we need protein. Ryan, let me ask about protein. Is it one gram? So if I'm at is it one gram from where I'm starting or one gram per pound of body weight from where I want to get to? When it's, when you have a lot of fat to lose, it's from where you want to get to. Okay. okay? So if I'm, if I'm 270 and I want to get to 200, I start at 200. 200. Yeah. And I, and I stay at 200. I just stay at 200. I don't change that number. Yeah, at, at a bare minimum. Now okay. there's some nuance. Like if you do take your calories super, super low, um, there, there is some wisdom and value in pushing that up a little bit up to an upper end of a gram and a half per pound. So that would be a 200 pound individual having 300 grams of protein per day. That's like late stage calorie deficit. You're already pretty lean and you're trying to get shredded. That's when we need those, uh, elevated levels of protein. But 90% of people will go a long way just with that one gram per pound of desired body weight. Okay. And there's lots of ways you can figure out the like how to figure out what's 200 grams of protein, Ryan, give us a rule of thumb. How do I figure out? Like, let's say I'm eating four times a day. Super simple. Um, a pound of lean animal protein. Uh, so chicken breast, uh, ground turkey breast, lean beef, like filet cut, not, uh, not um, ribeye cut or something like that. A pound of protein is going to give you approximately 100 grams of protein. So it's really simple. If you need four meals and you're trying to get to 200 grams of protein per day, Eight ounces of protein four times a day, boom, you're done. Easy. And sometimes you got to take that in a shake. Maybe you take one shake and you get, you know, 50 grams there. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, for the simplicity of life, prepping protein can take time. Um, lots of hacks. You can Google quickest ways to get protein, but we want to keep protein highest on the list. Okay, number two, Ryan, we've nailed our protein. Talk about steps. Yeah, so the next thing is to get 70,000 steps per week for all 52 weeks this year. Um, you're noticing a theme here, Adrian, consistency. Yeah. It's it's 365 days, it's 52 weeks. It means all the damn time. These are things that can't, uh, far too often we have excuses. Well, I had this going on this week, so I couldn't. Well, I had this going on this week. And then when you look back at the year, you were only consistent for 25 weeks of the year, for half the year, not yeah. even. Yeah. And so that's why it's gonna be important. Steps are important because it's what we can we call non-exercise physical activity. So it's not like you're going out and having a dedicated gym session. You're not necessarily trying to, to punch a big sweat. You're just moving and staying active. And this is a big piece of the puzzle in today's sedentary society. You really underestimate how much that will do for you from a health standpoint. It's going to decrease your blood pressure. It's going to improve your sleep. Both of those things are helpful for losing body fat. Uh, it's going to decrease your stress, right? Like we live in this crazy stressed out society. When you just take a relaxing, some relaxing steps and breathe, listen to some music that relaxes you, it decreases your stress. When you have decreased stress, you have higher levels of testosterone, you have higher levels of growth hormone, which are natural chemicals that we make in our own bodies that will help us to get leaner. So um, that, that 70,000 steps per week is huge. Um, a lot of times we, we hear 10,000 steps per day. 
uh, that's ideal. That's great. But I find with a lot of people's lives, that doesn't necessarily work out. I mean, let, let's face it. Like today, I'm stacked to the brim with meetings and calls and, and, and I'm just not going to be able to walk as much. But like tomorrow, I can get out for more steps. So I really like to look at the weekly average. It takes a lot of pressure and shame off of any one given day. I just wanted to share how I get my 70,000. My wife and I walk the kids to school every day. And, and that's it's just it's just something built into our day. Yeah. Right. So between the walk there and back, I get about five to six thousand steps. And then I typically go long on Saturday and Sunday. So between Saturday and Sunday, I might get thirty five thousand. Just right. I go for an actual early morning walk. The family walks together. So when you're looking at 70 over the week, I really do think it's possible when you build it into your life with a little bit of a conscientious focus on the weekend, depending on the age of your kids. My kids sleep in a bit. So, you know, I, I typically bang them out early in the morning and then it yeah. allows during the week for a little flexibility. Um, well, it's, it's mindfulness too, right? Yeah, it's yeah, knowing yeah. your schedule, knowing, okay, this Saturday I've got this, this, and this, so I'm going to need to get it in before then. Correct. Um, and, and planning like that, Adrian, that's half the fitness thing right there is planning ahead, knowing what food you're going to eat on what days, knowing when you're going to get your workouts and your steps in, like scheduling that shit like it's a meeting. Yeah. It goes a long way. Well, people say like, I only got 300 steps today. So many of us work from home, right? So, and it's like, and you're thinking, how did that happen? It's like, well, the night before you got to be asking where in the day can I slot in 2,000, yeah. 3,000, 4,000 steps. All right, yeah. man. So we've, we've hit the two that, you know, are relatively painless uh, just with some planning now yeah. we got to get into the gym. Number three way to burn fat is weight. You train, train with weights three to five times per week. And I okay. think if you're not doing any, start with three. There's no need to jump right to five. Uh, honestly, I've been training my whole life ever since I was old enough to train with weights. And I go through a, a lot of phases where I'm only training with weights three days a week. Um, it, you know, When we have life stress, when we have work stress, kid stress, um, training is just another form of stress and we don't want our stress buckets to overflow. So I think aiming for three, um, is a great place to start. And then during those seasons of life where maybe you do have it lighter, you can look to bump to four sessions or five sessions. Um, if you know, you can fit it in without additional life stress and you can still get good sleep and recover from it. Weight training, um, builds your metabolism. So, People are probably thinking like, oh, this is a fat loss podcast. What are we talking about? Weight training. Weights are for building muscle. Weights are for building a robust metabolism. Uh, when you train hard with weights, your calorie needs are much, much higher because you um, have a lot of muscle. You have muscle and muscle burns calories even at rest. I've got a client right now um, who trains hard with weights and he weighs like 220 and his daily maintenance calories, like just to stay at 220 is over 5,000 calories per day. Wow. And so whenever he's like, Hey Ryan, I want to like, I'm going to the beach. I need to like enter a cut. We can take his calories down to 3,500 a day, which is still a metric shit ton of food. And he just drops fat like that. When you build a robust metabolism, you can lose fat more healthy. Okay. Yeah. When yeah. you, when you have a slow metabolism, you have to take your calories down to just super low, unhealthy amounts, um, and unsustainable amounts, right? And so the goal here with the weight training is to build a metabolism where you have sustainability when you do ultimately get to those calorie deficits. What are we doing in the gym, Ryan? Are we doing hit? Are we doing 
Like, no, yeah, you know, good are question. We doing CrossFit, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. A lot, a lot of people in the gym, man, when it's fat loss time, they cut their rest periods and keep them super short. They do 11 billion reps and do super high reps. They, they want to be out sweat, of right? they they want to be out of breath. They yeah. want to sweat. And yeah. what's interesting is none of those things matter. What you really want, what you really want to look for, is getting a few exercises where you can create high output on, and then getting stronger over time and hitting PRs with full recovery between sets. And I know you're thinking like, well, wait a minute, I'm trying to lose weight. Shouldn't I be like sweating and burning? And it's like, no, because what's, let's say Adrian, your best performance in a squat is, let's say you can do 275 pounds for 10 reps, let's say. And that's the best you can do. And after that set, you're like, you're toast. You need four minutes before you can step under the bar again. When you do that set, that is a big stimulus for your metabolism. Okay. Later on that day, when you're going to bed later that night, you're going to be burning calories at an accelerated rate because of such a high output. 12 set. hours later. Yeah. Uh, well, up to 36, depending on, depending on the session. Now, let's say you decide that, okay, I'm going to do squats, but in between, I'm going to do jumping jacks, and then I'm going to do burpees, and then I'm going to do some dumbbell curls. When you get back to the squat rack, now you can only do like 185 for 10 because you've created so much fatigue, so you don't get as big of an output. And so you're, you're operating on a lower output. We want those huge bursts in output followed by resting and recovering until we're ready to output again. That's not to say like certain certain phases of the year, certain introduction phases, there is a time and a place for short rest intervals, higher reps. Uh, but really, you know, 80, 75 to 80% of your training year should be complete recovery, as heavy weight as you can do for the rep target listed. People struggle with that concept. We've just yeah. been, you know, I don't know if it's media portrayals of what, you know, like you're supposed to sweat. You're supposed to be sweaty. You're supposed to have like a towel around the neck. And typically, yeah. Ryan, when I'm in my best shape, I'm not sweating. And and I would say the other reason we want to take those rest periods is versus the cardio is the cardio spikes appetite in so many ways. And then we're just starving. So let's go on to number four. Yeah. We, now, now it gets really hard because now we mm -hmm. have to start restricting a few things. So number four, as we're trying to burn fat, is not eating like an asshole. Talk That's about right. this, man. You say this I all the time to the guys. I do. And when you think about it, like this is going to get a little philosophical here, right? But there are countries in this world that are impoverished and they're people without food, right? Like they struggle to get enough calories to actually be alive and be healthy. So when I say eating like an asshole, I'm talking about eating way more calories than you need in any given sitting. Um, and, and it's like, we all know what that means, right? Like it doesn't take like when you go out for dinner, a social event, let's say, um, it would not be eating like an asshole to have, you know, a bite of an appetizer, a nice healthy entree, and maybe a small dessert, depending on your plan. What most people do, though, is I'm going to have six drinks. We ordered three appetizers and I'm bashing them. I'm full before I even get my entree. Yeah. I bash an entire entree, have desserts. Then I get home and rail off a, a line of Oreos out of the pantry when hey, I get home. Too close. Too I know, close. Hey, that was, that was shots fired, bro. That was at you. Oreos are my. Uh, at you. And, and, and That's like, an asshole right there. Yeah. We live in a, in a, in a, most of us live in a place where, we can overeat, right? And so when we choose to do it 
it's just an asshole thing to do because you're not even thinking about the kids that, you know, don't have food. Not, no, I'm not saying that by not eating Oreos, somehow that kid gets fed, but at the same time, it's just a, it's just a showcase of what privilege we have and what entitlement we have. And it's like, we all like eat like a reasonable human being, even when you're not on the plan, don't overeat, don't eat yourself sick. Like we've all been there, right? Where you eat so much, you're like, oh, your stomach hurts and your poops are weird for the next day. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Like have a couple bites of the cookie and then put it down, be done with it. You know, I I just, um, we live in a culture that's like, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Right. Right. Especially on eating, especially on indulgences. Like if you're going to go out, we're going to go out. It's like, well, couldn't there be an, and couldn't you go out and have a little bit of moderation? Like you said, like have, have a bit of an app, have a good entree, have a steak, enjoy the steak and then stop. Right. This is mm-hmm. just not something we typically do. The and stop is critical. This is another component of not eating like an asshole. Yeah. It's um, being able to stop after a social event. So during the holidays, that five pound weight gain on average, and some people put on way more. Um, you may have a holiday dinner, right? Okay. So you go to your holiday dinner, you have a drink, you have a dessert, whatever. Then the next morning, the temptation is, well, we should go out for brunch pancakes. And you go out for brunch pancakes. And then later the de- that day, you're like, well, I've already had pancakes today. I might as well eat this bag of Cheetos. And then it's like, that is eating like an asshole too. Like not getting back to good eating habits after you've had a more quote unquote fun social meal. Um, and so people always ask me about the holidays. Oh, how do I navigate? And it's like, okay, pick your two or three events that are important to you to like indulge in social food. So a lot of times that's going to be like a Christmas Eve dinner with the family. That may be Christmas morning breakfast, and that may be uh, New Year's Eve dinner out with friends. Okay, those are your three meals, so just go have fun. Again, don't eat like an asshole. Don't eat yourself sick. Don't drink yourself sick. Just relax it a little bit. But then the rest of the holiday season, you should be eating your normal plan. You should be eating your chicken breast and veggies. You should be eating your fruits. You should be eating your your oats. You know, get your steps. Brian, I think we've made food. It becomes so emotional, and maybe it's because of our privilege. So let's hit number five here. Uh, number four was don't le- eat like an asshole. And again, that's just such a mindset. Like, what are you doing, man? Like what you're yeah. eating, you're eating all that. And and it might be, well, I have space in my macro count. And it's like, no, but that's like, just yeah. think about it. Like big picture in the world. So I like how you say that, but then our last one, and this is the big one. We need to conquer emotional eating. This is tip number five on how to burn fat this year. Talk yeah, about emotional it- eating. Adrian, I'm going to talk about this and it's, uh, this is something that I still, I think we should always be working on ourselves. You know, I'm quote unquote, the expert in this group, but by all means, these are things that I have to work on as well. Emotional eating. So there's a class of foods, any food that is high in sugar, salt, fat, alcohol, or some combination of those is going to be considered a hyper palatable food, which means you're going to struggle to stop eating it even when you've had enough calories, okay? okay. Natural natural foods, uh, apples, broccoli, chicken breast, those have built-in nutrients that signal you when you're full, okay? I've never once heard someone be like, man, I had a rough day. I ate a whole fucking bag of apples when I got home from work. Doesn't happen. <laughs> now, right. whole, box, whole box of Oreos, Adrian, yeah. looking at you. Yeah, it, here it, uh, it happens. So <laughs> a lot of times when we reach for foods, it's not because we're hungry from a my body needs calorie standpoint but we're trying to get that pleasure center spike in the brain from food so we're sad so we're trying to get dopamine from oreos we're bored so we're trying to stimulate dopamine you know with cheetos or wine um 
we we eat because we're happy. We, you know, we celebrate. Hey, so and so got an A on their test. Let's go out and get donuts. Um, we eat, you know, we eat because we're grieving. We eat because, for many reasons. Yeah. Having the mindfulness when those cravings hit of like, okay, oh, I'm gonna need some Oreos. It's like, wait a minute. Am I does my am I so low in calories that my body needs a big hit of actual caloric fuel? Oh no, I'm just bored. It's just Saturday. I got nothing to do, you know, and I'm just bored. And that's what I'm reaching for. So mindfulness is the first step. And then the next step is conquering it, coming up with um, habits and things to do in those moments to, to cope with those emotions. I got a, I got one client, he's fucking lean and shredded to the bone. And he's like, every time I think about junk food, I just stand up and I do 20 pushups and 20 squats. And that gives him enough of a dopamine boost that like he just it's done. He's 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 gotten his boost and he can move on about his day. Um, and so everyone has to find their own thing. For some people, for me personally, um, when I'm feeling sad and I want to eat my feelings, I need to bust out my journal and do some brain dumping and some writing and actually work through why am I sad right now. Um, I'm not always perfect at it. You know, admittedly, I can rail off junk food with the best of them, but it's something that we have to you have to be able to conquer it if you ever want to get lean because food will always be there. Alcohol yeah. will always be there. There will always be a social event. Um, and so if you're waiting for the perfect time, like, okay, I got nothing in my calendar for the next couple of months. Maybe I can get lean now. You're going to fail because those, those situations will pop up and you need to have some coping strategies in place for when they do. Yeah. And I think it's proactive. We had a member in our group, Chris from England, he used to say, develop if then rules. And if then rule is if I experience um, stress, then and what most people then is, is go to the fridge. Then I eat. Your client is saying, if I experience stress, then I do 20 pushups. Right. Yeah. If mm -hmm. I experience uh, sadness, then I pick up my journal. And I think these rules that we can put in place, like the rule society operates by is if you're sad, eat. Like comfort yourself. That's the rule. And we have to create new rules. If this happens, then I do this. If this, yeah. and it's proactive, it's thought out in advance. Okay, Agreed. Ryan, these are great. So we are going to burn fat in summary. We're going to eat one gram of protein uh, per pound of body weight, 365 days in a row. We're also going to be walking 70,000 steps a week. We're going to start by lifting 52 weeks in a row, 52 weeks in a row. We're going to lift to start three times a week. Um, and, and we didn't talk about specific exercises, but we're going to lift heavy weights with larger than normal rest periods. And then in terms of the kitchen, we're not going to eat like an asshole and we're going to conquer emotional eating. Five great tips. Ryan, one final thought before we wrap up. One final thought, guys, is everyone can do this. Um, for, for all of you, I know a lot of people right now have the little voice in your head saying, well, I'm busy. Well, I don't know if I can't, everybody can do this. Um, uh, I've got clients that are busy moms that are busy working moms, I should say, um, that find a way to do this. I am a single working dad. I find a way to do this. It's like, if you want it and you have a powerful reason why you will find a way to do it. Yeah. It's awesome. Guys, thank you for listening today. If you got value from this podcast, please share it on your social stories. You can tag me at Man of Bedrock and tag Ryan at Ryan Fanley. Ryan is our head coach, and this is the kind of conversation for the guys who come into our program that we 
we we have on a daily basis. Uh, the doors to Bedrock are opening January 16th, 2024. And while summer bodies are made in the winter, what we're trying to do is create a lifestyle around health and fitness that we can model for our families. And so if you want more information, you can just find us on Instagram. I'll link all that in the show notes. want to thank you for being here. Ryan, thank you for being yeah, here. We look you. forward to next week, man, when we're going to dig into, what are we talking about next week? Five ways. Five ways to build muscle in 2024. Be awesome. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you.